We are back. It is about that time, guys. A month away for some college football here in the Mountain State. We're going to break it all down tonight. A lot of conference realignment talk centers around, of course, the SEC, the big move with the, the Longhorns and the Sooners bolting to the SEC. We'll kind of dive into that and see, you know, when we think it might actually occur, why it happened, SEC comparisons for both of those schools. Then we'll pick up the pieces, you know, what's the Big 12 going to do? What's West Virginia going to do? What's the ACC going to do? All these dominoes. We're going to try and touch on all of them. Uh, not going to get any nuts and bolts of any you know, teams tonight or anything like that. We're also going to continue to keep coming back here, partnering with Wally's, Wally's and Wimpy's. Real excited about that this year. You guys make sure you pick that up at all your local Parmar stores around the area. It's a great place to get those schedules and um, kind of get some insight on what's going on as we approach the 2021 season. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, feel style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink, come on back, because this is the first football episode of the season on the porch, and we can't wait to have you. Let's go. What's going on, man? Hey, 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 what's going on, brother? Oh, man, been a long time, CJ. Been a it, long time. It, it has. Yeah, man. I mean, I think the last time that, that you were out here hearing the crickets chirping and stuff, we were, uh, what, a 6-3 and three team getting ready to play Iowa State? Or maybe 5-3 and three team getting ready to play Iowa State? Uh, yeah, I think so. Sabbatical's been good for you, buddy. We, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of questions have, have arisen, and... Uh, Maybe we have some answers, but tonight's more more about a big picture of college football. We're obviously going to still hit a lot on the in-state squad, but um, kind of just where we're at, man. I feel like a lot of things have changed in the game. Yeah, uh, it's since November, yeah, it's, and, and I think they're worth kind of diving into a little bit. No, I'm with you. the The landscape is is shifting, and I find it kind of eerily ironic that all this went down what in 48 72 hours after espn published an article um that heather dench wrote on the demise of the big east the entire oh. landscape shifts again wow like if, uh cj i did not know that they had an art that uh yeah she, she, she did, like that. yeah she did an article on it it's really well written um and then mm -hmm. it's like notes, like, spark notes it's that time of year kids aren't reading their books anyway can you yeah, yeah, you know, basically just kind of went into kind of the history of the Big East and then pretty much really almost overnight how it just, I mean, it ceased to exist. I mean, you got to think you can't lose the heavy hitters they did and how quickly it died and how, and I mean, that sent, you know, everybody kind of. It's funny because I think that the heaviest of heavy hitters, obviously what the first time was Miami, VP, boom. And yeah. then – kind of, I guess, just a continual spiral until it was like, okay, we know we got to do something here. And uh, and I think we were the next kind of – were we the next big one to fall into that mix, or was it more Rutgers and then and then us? Um, I think it was uh, – well, see, I want to say it was Rutgers and then us, but we were, it was kind yeah. of almost right around the same time. Right. Right, because we played them that year. We won the Orange Bowl, and that was a Big East game. So I think it was pretty much we both. Yeah, that was, that was the Snow game. Halloween game. Yeah, for so, Eric Green. Yeah, so that was. Yeah. 
you know, but I mean, really, I mean, you lose Miami and VT out the gate, and then it's, you know, Syracuse and Pitt right behind it with Boston College. It was just kind of like, okay, yep. this, this this thing's over. And yep. it, it it it's got an eerie feeling to it because it almost feels like the Big 12's in the exact same boat. Let's, let's kind of – let's stick on that real quick here. The eerie feeling that you get. So, obviously, the, the first part of this is the eerie feeling about Texas-Oklahoma being the two, quote-unquote, top of the food chain, as Bowlesby kind of uh, stated, teams to leave. Same as Miami VT. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit bigger than Miami VT because you're looking at Oklahoma and Texas, brand-wise, are probably bigger than those two were. Um, But also, I mean, you're talking about the co-founders of the conference. Um, You know, and – the way in which all of this went down, this has been something that's been in the conversational thing. This has got to be months, if not at least a year. Excuse me, CJ. I mean, you know, what I find to be really odd about it is how well they kept it under the wraps. Um, I mean, it didn't come out till it really came out. Yeah, and... Very unusual in the world of college athletics. I, it is, and if you kind of read the way it went down, if if it really wasn't necessarily the schools and they hired out, and it was law firms talking back and forth to each other, it's a little easier to keep it quiet that way. Uh, but for the fact that this thing was this far down the road before it ever broke, it tells you that Texas and Oklahoma did a very good job of People needing to know were the only ones need that got to know. Um, you know what I? You know that's a good then, point. And it I'm was one of it. those. Well, and it's one of those two schools that then leaked it just to really get it ramped up. Oh well, we know who did that. Yeah. Come on, Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas definitely leaked. You know what else I find to be interesting? And I don't know if Dennis mentions this, but I see an interesting parallel. The TV aspect of the deal. You know, the reason why they, the reason why the biggies kind of blew up was because the TV contract was behind the others, the other conferences. Sort of the same deal here. SEC trying to arm up, get even more money for the TV deal with the schools. ACC kind of been behind. And then you look at the Big 12, they're streaming. They don't have a network on cable. Big Ten already had theirs. Pac-12's got some semblance of one that you can get out west. And, you know, it's, they're obviously lacking behind as much as the Big 12. It's like, hmm, interesting how TV and uh, <clears throat> the mothership um, kind of rears its ugly head in these situations far more often than they probably should. Yeah, and I and I think the one thing, too, that really hurt the Big 12, because when the SEC expanded the first time, you had some teams that weren't real happy about the Longhorn Network, um, especially given Nobody the fact shouldn't be happy factor. about that. Though. No, because Let's Texas be gets to keep all that revenue. Now, I'm interested to see how that pans out because I don't see the SEC being completely okay with that. Right, right. But you know what, though? Both are ESPN properties. I'm sure there is a lot of uh, kind of maneuvering and kind of uh, – kind of crossing out a clause here and there in these contracts uh, and those ESPN worms right now for that Longhorn Network and SEC. 
SEC network. Yeah, I think so. And and I think also, too, if you look, the the two big conferences that have, you know, the, the network deals with ESPN, it, it's the ACC and it's the SEC. It's East Coast, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes sense. It's tough on the Big 12, mainly because outside of us, everybody's, you know, central time zone. Right. Um, so that kind of changes it. And that's, and that's what made me mad about this whole thing with Oklahoma is they're complaining about, Oh, we don't want noon or 11 o'clock kickoffs, man. That's all we've played for two years, man. Button it up, Nancy. <laughs> like you're the only it's one complaining. Very, very true though. Very true. CJ. Um, they played more night, they played more that. night games in the conference in the last three years than, than the pack 12 combined. And that's all they play. Man, you only play after dark, my friend. Well, right. This is what I'm saying. It's just like, <laughs> you you got a couple of them. You'll be okay. Oh, it hurts us in recruiting. Oh, please. I mean, I think every little thing can either help or hurt. But also, your, your brand and your facilities and what you put out product on the field is what really matters, as we're seeing now with Brown versus Dana in the recruiting war. Just- oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's about it's about your brand. It's about the coach charisma. It's about the staff. It's about that that feel they're giving the kids. And so, you know, you can complain all you want about, you know, noon kickoffs or, you know, if you're in the Big 12 and you got to do a 10 a.m. or something like that here and there. Yeah, you can understand being a little salty about it. But let's be honest here real quick. They still play noon kickoffs in the SEC. Um, and so Oklahoma – and Texas aren't getting away from those. They probably are going to get more favorable kickoff times for their home games, with both of those being big brands. But part of that, too, is because of the way Fox did the big noon situation here for the last couple of years. That's a definite part of why a lot of those games have been where they've been. So, I mean, well, yeah, because a lot Fox of bitching about a lot of nothing, really, CJ, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because I think Fox looks at the landscape of things and goes, okay. The noon kickoffs, I mean, for the most part, historically, the noon kickoffs are yawners, right? You're never really interested unless you're betting on them. Um, betting on them. Um, some Big Ten games have been good at noon. They've been trying to build a noon spot back up, though. We, we yeah, know they that. have been. But, I mean, because you know you're going to have some of those, you know, like Oklahoma, Texas, that's going to that's, – that's usually a noon kickoff. Um, you know, Michigan <laughs> – Michigan, Ohio good, State's usually. Uh, Michigan, Ohio there. State. Give me, give me a good big, give me a good Big Ten game at noon, or hell, even good ACC teams. You know, um, now granted, I like the yeah. noon games later on in the season than you do early. Um, for for that product, conference games at noon, I'm fine with. I think it's a cool thing. Yeah, sometimes no. it's right. good for the television product. It's not great for the fan. Um, well, but also, it can be good for the fan, man. You get up early, you get there. You get it in, you get something to eat, you come back home and you watch the night games, man. So it's, it kind of yeah, works. I mean, I think people may – and like a lot about noon, the nooners, um, a lot to be made about nothing. I granted, the ratings are obviously not going to be as good. There's stuff going on during the day, and that's the reality of life. But I think a lot a lot about these noon games are for a lot of nada, man, to be honest. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, I mean, because sometimes – there's a lot of times that noon slot you get, you know, Duke, Wake Forest and – Let's be honest, the people in Durham don't even care. 
So, I mean, you, you'll have some that are, that are, you know, Oh, okay, whatever. But there are some that are good. I mean, it's, it's, it's the ebbs and the flow of it. You're going to have some noon kicks. You're going to have some three thirty kicks. I mean, heck we've had some six o'clock kicks, which are, I think are kind of funky, but you know, it's, it's just a part of it. But to think that, Oh, well, because we're Oklahoma, we should always get, you know, seven o'clock kicks. That's, no, that that's not how this works. Like right, Bama, Bama plays their fair share of games at noon versus crappy yeah. teams in the crossover SEC East, or you know a a struggling maybe SEC West squad here and there if it's at home or it happens. Yeah, I mean the know. year they the year they went and played up at Duke that was a noon kickoff. So I mean it happens. It happens. Hey, and CJ, let's let's we I think you know we we're kind of in into why it happened enough to right we, we we you know it's it's money it's it's ability to get more more eyeballs to it continue to grow the product now here's the question that i have for those two schools in particular which one do you compare texas to in the sec and oklahoma to as well because i, I honestly um have two of them and i want to know if you're in the same ballpark with me um oklahoma Oklahoma, I'd compare to in the SEC, given the gauntlet they'll have to run. I kind of put them in that Auburn category. Oh, man. Ding, ding, ding. Absolutely, CJ. You know, they're a team that's going to, you know, they're going to make some noise. Um, They might win the conference here and there. But, I mean, it's still, it doesn't change the fact that it's still kind of Bama and everybody else, you know, Bama, Georgia, and everybody else. And let's and let's even be fair here, real quick. The reason reason and and you're hitting on the points. Right reason I say Oklahoma is like Auburn in this league is because Oklahoma, when they're good, they are really good. You know, so I think at the top, and they beat a couple teams in the SEC. They're going to be right there, just like in Auburn. But they're always going to be probably ten to fifteen range preseason. And then there's going to be some years where they're going to fall flat on their face, and they're going to go eight and five, and they're going to maybe have some struggling years here. Ten and three is going to be a good year, eight and five. Then eventually they're going to come up and have a really great season again. They're going to have their share of Cam Newtons, Spencer Rattlers, Baker Mayfield. They're going to have that star power still there, but like you said, it's everyone versus Alabama, right? And we don't still know yet the division breakdown or anything like that. But I just think Oklahoma, like you said, CJ feels Auburn-esque because they just have enough similarities, a big brand still, and they're going to be on, they're going to be a player, but yet you feel like they're going to fall short of expectations as often as they do exceed them. So I think that's why I go Auburn. There. Yeah. And I think in the, in the one that really helps me in that comparison, the reason I kind of went there is you look when Auburn has been at the top part of the conference, they've been really, really good, efficient offensively but have had moments defensively where you're scratching your head going, how is this team in the top part of this conference? And that's been Oklahoma. There are times that defensively they are just awful. And in the SEC, if you're not at least decent on the defensive end, you're going to get hammered. Well, before before the last uh, couple of years. Now they're – I mean, it's that is one thing to think about. Like in conferences, ebb and flow in terms of the personnel and the styles they play. You would imagine the SEC will get back to having that defensive pedigree eventually, right? But 
I'm with you, CJ. I just think it's I think it's the level of talent brought in, the expectations from the outside, the still having to go against a lot of the big boys. And yet Auburn, I mean, I think if you could talk about in the lexicon of the last, you know, ten years in the SEC is probably the second or third best program. They're right there with LSU, right? I mean yeah. you don't put anybody from the east there even. I, as much as I like Georgia and what they've done, they're probably still a, rung below both those teams because they have a national championship. Georgia does not. No, I, so, no, I, I that, that's, that's maybe they're favorite. more Georgia, Georgia, even than those two. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, they're they're going to be good, but they're not going to be great. And I think it's a bad move for them on the whole, because in, in the big 12, they were the power. They were the premier thing. They were the big bully on the block um, with Lincoln Riley. And it's going to be interesting to see how that transi- transitions into the SEC, whenever that may be. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah. CJ, hit me up with Texas, though, man. Um, Texas, and I don't know if we're going to be on the same one or not. If we go two for two, that's going to be kind of cool. And I'm, I'm going to say Texas reminds me a little of Florida. Okay. And Florida. I, I, I think I downgraded them a little more than you did, though. Okay. Well, I'm okay with that. I, I was going Florida minus the last, you know, the Kyle Trask two years. And okay, that's fair. I didn't even and, think about the trials. And that's yeah, probably why I don't have them on the same level you have them on. That's interesting. Yeah, and the only reason I say that is 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 they, they're walking around by name and the product hasn't matched the history of okay. the brand or the name. Okay. And I and I like that. Now I'm gonna hit you with one and see what you think of this. Okay. Tennessee. Old power that's not quite found its way back i like it and the reality of it is you think about it before Fulmer leaves tennessee is kind of on that same level with texas remember the mac brown situation they had a couple times where they were right there potentially to play for an at for a natty they won one with t martin back you know in the you know the first year ever the bcs texas won one with vince young you know in the classic rose bowl matchup against usc so like they both have that but it's been a long time since they've really been there and really, you know, I was talking the other day with, with someone and said, you know, what was the last time Texas was really good? And, man, it wasn't – we weren't even – West Virginia was not even in the Big 12 the last time Texas was a premier – wow, that's a legit program with Colt McCoy. Yeah. No, and I – you know what? And I'd agree with that. And, you know, there's there's an argument to be made, too, with Texas. If Colt McCoy doesn't get hurt in that national title game, what's that game look like? Uh, no, I like that comparison. I, I really do. I – you know, as you say that, I, I can sit here and see that. The, the problem for me with Tennessee was is, is I would think right now as they sit, especially the last couple of years, that Texas has been better than what Tennessee's been. But, you know, CJ, let's be quite honest about this real quick. The only reason why you say that is Sam Ellinger. Without him, Texas is Tennessee. No, and you're probably right. It's just the like – coaching but, staffs. The same, the, the oranges are even eerily similar. The T's, Texas, Tennessee. Yeah, my, yeah. but you know, but if you look at it too, you could look at the cross comparison too. You know, we we played both teams and we absolutely domi- dominated Tennessee from the jump. I mean, the first play of the game, we almost killed their quarterback and, you know, took kind of, you know, Will Greer signature moment to beat Texas. So, I mean, but no, you're right in that Sam Ellinger. Sometimes, you know, a guy like that can, can be the difference. I mean, how many times did we, you know, he break hearts of, of a lot of teams. That's true. true. And you know what too, CJ, off that, off that point that you just made, which I find it to be interesting. 
you're also comparing the, the, the initial Pruitt team, which obviously we're not sure how much better they got. I mean, especially last year was pretty bad. Um, versus, you know, a team at that point in time, Herman kind of built up a little bit. So, you know, I, I'm with you, though, man. And I, I like your Florida comparison, too, if you take away Trask. But I think that's even more reason why you could compare them, at least put them at the same is because even with Trask, Florida lost and Texas did the same thing. Neither team really got to that big level but still was able to be put on the big bowl game as a result of who they were and kind of maybe the results not always matching. Um, and honestly, I think you had two unlikable coaches at the same time there, Herman and, and Dan Mullen. So I could even draw the parallels even farther out there on those two there, man. So I like I like your pick there, Florida. But uh, I think I think we're officially saying Texas is an SEC East team. Like, that's what they remind you of of late. They're not yeah. even good enough to be yeah. in the West. No, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do divide the divisions up. Um, to to fit those two, because you almost see the Ford Pod things coming out where they're still trying to add, you know, two more teams, and people want West Virginia in there and to put them in a North with like Missouri and Kentucky. So it's we're so far off on the divisions. I mean, we're so far even off on seeing what even happens with all this stuff. Because even today, CJ, we hear that you know Clemson and Florida State have, are trying to ask the. It's like, you know, do we believe this report? Do we not? There's just so much yeah, to, to play, and it's yeah, well, not know. even until 2025, so who knows what we're going to see. Yeah, well, I do know somebody close in with the Clemson program. Um, he's like a beat writer um, for them, came out and flat out said that that's, that's not true. Um, and the guy's pretty well connected into the athletic department, and he came out and said that the narrative that they have asked is a complete – falsity um you know no, i'm not know. shocked by that i mean who knows though either way when you look at it i would still say yes false has there been some back channels maybe i also don't know and i think this rule still applies um especially to clemson in this regard is that south carolina has to vote yes has to say yes you can come into this league yeah because you've got to have a majority vote same with florida and florida state Correct. Yeah, uh, you've got to have the majority vote. Um, which, to be honest with you, I was kind of shocked that A and M flipped and voted to approve. Because when the reports first came out, I mean, they were pretty vocal about not being happy about it. Um, but I think that might have been one of those where some of the other other schools pretty much just told them, "Hey, look, this is what we want. Get on board. It's happening." The end. Money rules all. Yeah. Um, you know, CJ, that's an interesting point you bring up, though, too, because let's, let's play a little exercise here real quick with that. Teams that we honestly probably, like, if you're looking at who should have voted for and against that m- maneuver, like, realistically, not just with the money, but honestly should have voted for it. Like, what did Ole Miss and Mississippi State have to gain from that? Nothing. Why would they vote for it? Why would Ar- – I guess Arkansas, maybe you can make the, the play that they want to get Texas back in there, that rivalry – Oklahoma, maybe a couple teams that they used to play in the Southwest. I'll roll with that. Um, I mean, Missouri obviously wasn't going to do it. Big 12, you know, they, they were – that's the reason they're where they're at right now. I can see the rest of the Eastern schools saying, yeah, we want that piece of the pie. I'm interested I'm, – that's intriguing to me, though, that, like, teams that really had nothing to gain competitively at all 
from these two coming in were just so hook, line, and sinker on board. Obviously, we know why the Benjamins talk, but if you're really thinking about it, that was, those were probably bad decisions made in terms of could those teams ever get to the highest level. Um, in college yeah, football. And, I, and you know what? And, and people want to say, and, and I know you're right, the, the, the mighty dollar talks and football is the big generator here too, but let's not also forget the basketball portion of this either. Um, I think there may be some play in that too, because I mean, Oklahoma, Texas have had success in that arena as well. So you're looking at it as a way to not only bolster what you have football wise, but you're getting a nice little bolster on the basketball end of it as well, because you're taking two pretty good teams out of what's been arguably the best basketball conference in America for the last four or five years. So I think there's some play in there too with that as well. I know football's a good point about the money, thing. but I think maybe that had a little bit, a little bit to do with them getting them getting some of the schools really on board. Well, especially in the SEC with the way basketball is there, which really, when you get down to it, it's a couple schools, yeah. um, and that's about it. Now, granted, some are are, are making the move and, and emerging, but yeah. It's, it's a good move for it's a good move basketball wise for the SC to add those two, and obviously yeah. we know what we're the Oklahoma, Texas. Obviously, you know the brand in Texas. Let's be real, Texas could easily get in that league and start recruiting SEC kids potentially to Texas, and maybe Sarkeesian's the guy to take over that job and really roll with it, and then they become something special. Um, but I think that brings us to our next question. Oh, go ahead. Do you have something else? Yeah, and think about this, what you could get here. if Texas and Oklahoma probably get in probably earlier than 2025. But can you imagine the SEC baseball tournament, Texas-Vandy for the whole freaking conference? Well, I mean, it's already like that in that league. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you, you, you just added a couple of really good baseball programs, too. I mean, that's yeah. – that, the SEC is building an all sport league here. That's that's yeah. I think you got to keep that in perspective. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Texas obviously played you know the number two overall seed in college baseball, and now you're adding them to your baseball conference. You know, which is already strong with Arkansas being the one and Mississippi State and Vandy and Ole Miss. I mean, that whole SEC West is a is an absolute just juggernaut baseball conference, um, along with football. Um, Let's let's you you brought up the twenty twenty five part. I do kind of want to I do kind of want to talk about that real quick. Um, at this point in time, when do you think it actually happens? I, my my gut reaction. I thought I saw something today about a twenty twenty three is when the SEC deal um, with CBS is up, and that that could be the the time that they pounce on it. They bring those two in the league at the same time, maybe more money from the SEC, uh, from CBS to cover those SEC games. Um, I, I, that was where I was leaning, 2023, uh, not just one more season, but maybe two more seasons for those two before they bolt and officially become members of the SEC. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be 2025. Um, that, no way. No way in hell. There's, there's no way in hell it's happening. Uh, well, there, there's no way in hell that's happening for a multitude of reasons. I don't think the Big 12 is going to really want them around that long, knowing that they're coming out. Um, it's like living four years with your ex. Yeah. You, so you're, you're going to have that issue. Um, that's not happening. You know, and if you do that, too, you're opening yourself up for additional poaching, right? Because 
the ADs that are left, I mean, they're pretty smart guys. I mean, Sean, you know, Shane Lyons up at WVU is already putting out feelers and talking to people. You know, Kansas is doing the same thing. TCU's doing the same thing. So right. you, you leave yourself very, very open. I, I would say two is probably the max. Um, and the biggest portion of it, too, is, is everybody wants to talk about the money they'll owe back. Man, you're talking about two of the biggest booster clubs in America, man. They'll have that money raised tomorrow. Um, I, so I do. I think it's going to be two years. I think it'll be this year, next year, and then they're gone. Um, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think they play football in 2020. I think they play all sports 2023, and then it's officially adios. So we got a two year, two year kind of estranged situation there. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be in Longhorn. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting two years. And if you're the Big 12, you, you got to get them out quick. But the other thing is, too, is you've got to find suitable replacements, which I get let's it. Talk about that. You're Jay, not going to find – Let's talk about the Big 12 perspective. Go ahead. Yeah, well, you're not going to find equal value, right? It's kind of like, you right. know, like trades in right. baseball because we just came out of the trade deadline. Sometimes you're not going to get equal value for a guy – but it's can we turn it into equal value, right? Because sometimes you want to talk about who wins a trade at the beginning of it. Give it three, four years, especially in baseball, and then find out who wins it. You know I know this being a Bucko fan, buddy. (laughs) You know I know this. Um, Like when the Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon and got Brian Reynolds. I mean, at the time, I was pretty salty. But nowadays, you look at the numbers, you're like, hmm, yeah, Brian Reynolds is a pretty damn good player. They might have known what they were doing there. Still love Kutch. But um, it's it's so in a football perspective of this, you're not going to get that equal value. I don't even think you're going to even overturn it eventually, where one of these teams are better than those programs, right? But you're hoping to get something out of them. And I think the, obviously the ACC, or excuse me, the conference you want to go and, and rate if you're the Big Twelve is the American to hopefully keep it from even coming at you or a merger between the two, like. I think that's the craziest thing. We obviously we probably need to talk about the ACC before we talk about the Big Twelve this season. I think is that I mean is that the next logical step? Do you see there any way being a situation where the ACC isn't next to, to nab a school or two before the before then like the Big Twelve and the American attempts to kind of figure out what it's doing? I mean, is that not the logical progression? Does it have to go that way? Is there a scenario where you think it might not happen? Well, see, that's the funny thing is because some of the people, some of the reports coming out of the ACC was is, is that they really don't want to add. Right, unless it's Notre Dame and then somebody else. Right, which – and I, right. I, can under, I can understand that. The SEC has pretty much come out after this and said they're, they're, they're holding pat, um, which I think 16 is probably going to be their hold pattern. But if you're the ACC, you've got to do something. Now, I know you want Notre Dame, Okay. It that's going to be tough because it's to me one of one of three scenarios is possible. Okay, and I'll give them to you in the likelihood I see him going down. And, and, and the, CJ, let me ask this real quickly here because I think I've, I think the three scenarios I'm interested I'm interested to hear because I think one of them obviously probably has to deal with the college football playoff and how Notre Dame ends up getting into a conference. Correct. Yeah the 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 okay. playoffs going to have to expand. Right. Um, you know, the SEC has basically pushed that now, and they don't have a choice because now you could be looking at three SEC teams in there versus an ACC school. I mean, that's essentially what you could be looking at, and nobody's going to be really happy with that. I don't, um, I don't think they can pull that off, CJ. 
Well, like, you know, a bargaining chip the Big 12 might have at the table to keep itself alive is to try and keep the college football playoff where it is. Yeah, probably. But I, like I said, I, there have been talks about expanding it anyway. Um, and I think what will end up happening is it's probably going to go to eight. Um, in the same I've read the 12. I, 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 trust me, I'd like to see 12, but I think the, to get to 12, you're going to have to go to eight first. Um, I don't think they're going to make the jump. So it's to kind of, I think it'll be you got to crawl before you can walk situation. Yeah, I think it'll be four to eight and then eight to 12. They'll, they'll tier it. Um, but the ACC, th- this is the way in which I see it. The ACC makes a move and they find a way to get Notre Dame to, a, to come in and Notre Dame comes with somebody. Whether right. that's a West with Virginia. With someone is where West Virginia comes into play. Right, yeah. And I think that's where West Virginia would come into play. Um, given geographics, um, uh, I think I think g- given geographics, given brand, given value, West Virginia would be a great selection for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now, I think the question that we got to ask now is, if not West Virginia and Notre Dame, who is it that they would pick instead of us? And let's be realistic about this. Let's be honest about it. Is, is Central Florida the only other suitor? Do you think? I don't think Cincinnati has what it takes to be honest. Yeah, I don't. Well, see, I think what hurts Cincinnati is going to be their facilities, um, right? That that and that because that's what hurt West Virginia originally. Um, right. I think I think we've answered all of the questions uh, that they have because at this point, I don't think any of the conferences are really outside of maybe the Big Ten really going to hold to that academic part of it. Um, and even at that, you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the academic part. I think West Virginia has improved on that level to some extent, and there's something to do with the AAU that now even the Big Ten can't even hold over it te- technically on West Virginia. Yeah, and see, and that's why I think the ACC's got to make a move on Notre Dame because I could see the Big Ten making a hard push over Notre Dame because it fits them everywhere across the board. Um, geographically, academically, athletically, facility-wise, they're a very, very, very big fit, and I think the Big Ten would actually completely overlook that NBC deal because the Big Ten's not going to care. That's a great thing. And honestly, I think whatever conference gets Notre Dame, you tell them, you know what, keep the NBC contract, whatever. It's only good for the league. Yeah, so that's why I, I could see the ACC just going ahead and saying, you know what, keep it. We're going to bring you in in football. You did it last year. <clears throat> right. And so, and then you bring in, you know, West Virginia. Because like you said, I, I think the really in all honesty, I think, you know, the only other one out there could be Central Florida, but Central Florida rubbed a lot of people in the Power Fives the wrong way. Um, With their comments about being the national champ, yeah, that really rubbed a lot of a lot of the ads wrong because it wasn't they just proclaimed it; they were brash about it's it, yeah. everywhere with it. Like you hung up a banner in your stadium, like it just it didn't yeah. play well. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point, CJ. And then Granite Stadium's nicer, but I mean, it's it's not it's yeah, not on the level yeah. of Milan Pushkar Stadium. It's and I don't think the basketball arena is anywhere near the Coliseum. West Virginia has top probably fifteen in terms of football like weight rooms now in the country. Maybe even better than that. Yeah, it it it's insane. I was um I was actually talking to uh, Avon Coborn, um about a week ago was that was time we were talking about the, the new weight room and he's like Psh, we don't want a national title if we had those 
probably true. <laughs> I mean, probably I, I, we've all seen the old one. It wasn't terrible, but compared to but what I've seen pictures-wise and heard about this new one, uh, yeah, it's something to be seen. Yeah, so I think that's probably the most likely move. The The second one I would say is, is the Big 12 finds two, possibly three replacements, more than likely two. Uh-huh. The well, I mean, be, let's, let's think about this real quick. You might as well get to 12 at that point, right? You're at 10 yeah. now. Yeah. You'd be at 8. So you might as well attempt to get maybe even 4. Yeah, but then the and question straight becomes... straight up raise the American at that point in time. Yeah, and then the question becomes who. Um, I think you do have to look a little East Coast just just to give West Virginia a little bit of a break in this. I think Houston's uh, obviously a number one easy Houston, pick. Yeah, Houston just because it gets you back in Texas. Uh, Probably SMU. Maybe. Um, You're probably going to go with Cincinnati, I think, to give West Virginia a little traveling partner. Yeah, to give them some help there. And then maybe. I think if you're smart, you take UCF. I I could see maybe UCF. I'll throw another name out at you. Um, It it adds to some travel, but I think. Think if you're the Big Twelve and you can pull it, it helps. And BYU, yeah, I think, sitting out there. Uh, I see, I, I don't see the benefit of for BYU at this point. They're independent. They kind of made that mind, their mind up on that. They're going to wait for a Pac-12 first if it ever happens again. Right, and that was, and that's the least likely thing I seeing is the Pac-12 trying to to expand because I don't know where they go. I, I've got some suggestions. Because I don't I see he, them taking anybody out of the Big Twelve that makes them better. Um, oh, I, I'm not necessarily sure about that, CJ. I, I think if you if you think about it, like the Pac-12, if they added if they added TCU and Baylor, perhaps I think that's interesting for the Pac-12. Okay, it, it makes okay basketball wise, yes, with Baylor makes you better, but I don't know football wise. And this is coming from me. All right, also uh, two years ago, Matt Rule had him in the in the in a, in a you know New Year's Day game and was hanging with Georgia. So I mean, it can be done there. And our Browns yeah, did it too. Yeah, and I mean, this, and this I mean, is we're quick to, to forget was, that. And you know me, I was the TCU apologist last year. Oh uh, yeah, you were the TCU apologist. Tell me, tell me what you look at their football program right now, and tell me that you expect them to be a six-seven win team next year because I don't see it. Yeah, I'll I, I know everybody right loves now. that Max Duggan kid, but I I watch him play, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know not, what? It's, great. It's, it's not there. It's not. Whatever he it had, it's, it's gone. He's he's mentally gone. I mean, I think you can rebring that back, and I think Patterson's a good enough coach to do so. So I don't want to like totally throw the baby out with the bathwater there with TCU, but I will tell you this: you were ready to throw him away last year. Now look oh, at I mean, we we last year. Last year, did we switch uh, places? No, 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 no. We haven't switched places. Let's let's <laughs> let's bring this back here real quick. Yes, yeah, CJ. I mean, it's it's like one of the situations that we, when we kind of we're kind of getting back the ACC. Um, I mean, they got to be the next one to make the dominoes move, right? Like, and we know we talked, like, it's all about Notre Dame with, with the ACC situation. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think the ACC has to get Notre Dame at all costs or they're not going to make expansion? And other than us, is there anybody else who you truly believe we could see getting that bid to go to the conference with Notre Dame? 
yeah, the ACC has got to be the next domino that falls um, in the realignment. Um, just if, if for no other reason than Clemson, um, just to kind of keep them relevant and maybe happy. Um, I think it's got to be Notre Dame. I think you got to find a way to make that work. Um, and I think it's got to be Notre Dame and West Virginia. I don't see anybody else anywhere near comparable um, that fits in with them from an athletic and a facility standpoint. Yeah, um, I think the facility I, I know, standpoint is I know it's not there, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I know people will say UCF, but that whole national title thing <clears throat> that they pulled really rubbed so many people the wrong way that I just don't see that. Plus, their facilities just aren't aren't where they need to be to be an ACC squad. I think it's more the facilities and the practice stuff because Bright House now is pretty nice. I mean, the, the stadium is is legit, but like you said, they don't have a top fifteen weight facility now. Like they have up the Morgan. Correct. And I think that's that's key, you know. The facilities have to be on point. Um, they have to be, or, you know, you're going to get left behind. Um, and so I think that's one great thing West Virginia has done, especially here of late um, with Shane Lyons, is facilities have been the utmost importance. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they have to be. I mean – you get into into recruiting. I mean, those kind of things matter, um, you know. And that that new weight room up there's something else, and the facilities in the locker room. I mean, it's just that that's all a part of it. And if you don't have that, you're going to get left back. I mean, it, you look at Florida State; it's absolutely killed them. I mean, they've got a great stadium, but the rest of their facilities are are trash. Yeah. Florida, and you know what, though, CJ, that's a great point. Because Florida State has definitely taken a taken a fall from grace here over the last, you know, 10-plus years. I mean, yeah, Jameis and them had a great run, but it's not been an amazing program. And I think that's something real quick, CJ. Let's kind of break this down real quick, man. Other than us, I mean, South Florida, Central Florida probably maybe good partners in that league, geographically how it works. But they're not bringing an Iowa State in. They're not bringing in a Texas Christian, you know, they're not, I don't think so. Um, I think they're going to continue to be on that Atlantic coast, Eastern coast. So it's like Cincinnati and central Florida. I mean, Navy's not getting a bit over us. I mean, I think we're in good shape. And I think something else that we have going for us this time that we didn't in the past is this time you have Shane Lyons used to be a compliance, you know, in the work in the office of the ACC and compliance, you know, as the director, I mean, that's, that's huge um, in terms of the relationships that he has built and fostered with that conference. You have Clement at Clemson, who was the president of West Virginia at one point in time, with Babcock at VP, who the West Virginia, you know, got, his, got a degree at West Virginia University. So you've got some, you've got some, 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 some allies now, potentially, not foes at some of these places that you might have had before. Gordon Gee is very connected in college athletics. Um, I think you're in a better place uh, and very connected as an as a administrator and a president. So, like, much better place than we were back having Oliver Luckley the ship. And we're lucky, you know, as we know from, you know, listening to Neilan on three guys that 
without Don Nealon being close with Chuck Nottis, we who knows? We might have been fishing in the American. Playing yeah, Cincinnati I, I, all the time. Yeah, and I definitely think it's, you know, for, for us, we're in a much, much better position. And I think program-wise, facility-wise, leadership-wise, I mean, and if you're the ACC, you can bring us in and, and look at some of the, the rivalries you can bring back, you know, us oh, and yeah. Pitt, us in Virginia Tech, um, form a new one with us in UVA. You get the BC again, Miami, U. I mean, so – Louisville. You know, you know, you, you get – the ACC can do a lot of things in there where you bring back some old rivalries, maybe get a couple new ones kicked up, and you stay true to who you are geographically. Um, you know, because what's the, the one thing the ACC absolutely prides itself on in its rivalries are the trophies, right? Right. Well, us well, and Syracuse have one, and us and VT have one. Yep. Yep. And then you had, and you had the brawl. And, yeah, uh, and then, then you get the, the, the backyard brawl with it. I mean, it – it, it could add some some pretty good pretty good stuff, and the ACC loves rivalries, and they love you know broad you know broadcasting them. They absolutely love it. So I mean, that would be a beautiful. I, mean, I think we're a good, we're a, we're a damn good brand. And you think about broadcasting, you know this this year. I mean, I still even kind of throw Maryland. I always wanted to put Maryland still in the ACC, even though they're not. Um, but I mean, you get that VT game on the 18th. That becomes a conference game. That's a that's a that's a property. That's a commodity. Um, that's big time for TV executives, man. And, and speaking of the 18 CJ, whew, it's gonna be fun, man. There's a lot of reasons for this thing to what already be essentially sold out. Yeah, um, you know it's 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 a rivalry game at home. Uh, the last time we played them, it was neutral field there in uh, Landover, Maryland, home of the uh, Washington. David Seals, the toughness of that still yeah. lingers in the back of the mind. Yeah, the, the Washington you know, was Redskins at the time. Their home state in their FedEx field. <clears throat> you know one thing too about that CJ, would definitely have better commutes in and out of Morgantown for people than what they had in Landover that day. Yeah, heard some horror stories from folks about that. I don't know personally, but I've heard horror stories. So yeah, that's so um, yeah, so you get that big rivalry game at home. Um, it'll be the first time Tech's been in Morgantown since two thousand five. Yeah, Who's so that thing, CJ. I mean, that's before Bob Huggins was at the Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, so um, a lot of a lot of people will be a lot of people be ached up for it. I know there's a lot of people probably frustrated that it's a noon kick, but I don't think it's going to matter. That stadium's going to be matter. electric. Um, it yeah, matter. it's going to be the the first big home game. I know they play. Um, Long Island before them at home, but I mean, this is going to be the first big home game um, that people can go to, and and you know about a year, and so I expect oh, that to be a electric. About a year and a half, really, if you think about how long college football lasts. I mean, the last time that a, I mean, it'll be the it'll be the first time that people are really in there since, and you know what, I even missed the chance to go is the Oklahoma State. I mean. It, it, but it'll really be the first really huge atmosphere since the Wilger Oklahoma game. That's where my mind went initially because you almost forget about that first year with Neil at home. You didn't have the big, the huge, huge games at home. This is the first huge, huge game at home probably in the Neil Brown era. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big thing. statement, but I feel like it's correct. No, I, I, I'd agree with you because um, it, it's, you know, it's a big home game. It's rivalry. It's power five. 
um, Big 12 versus ACC. Um, the Black Diamond Trophy, like you're just talking about, could come back to Morgantown. I mean, hasn't been there since the days of, of Rich Rod. A couple yeah. of those big upsets and ass whoopings that we put on some Beamer team. Yeah. So, no, I, I you know, I think it's kind of it's kind of crazy to say that, um, but I think you are right. Um, just you know, it kind of the timing of it fits fits well, and I love the fact that it's you know they're pretty much you know they've cut tickets off right now because it looks like it's going to be sold out. Um, I absolutely love that because that means the fans are engaged. Um, they're ready to get back in. Uh, they're ready to get behind this team. They're ready to get behind Neil. Um, you know, so no, it's it's going to be a big one, man. And I'm 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 eked up for it. Let's just get to that one. Yeah, hey, but you know what, CJ, you've got to get you got to get through a couple other ones first, man. And you know what, the month of September is very crucial to this team because I think if you can find a way to navigate through the first three games with a nice little 3-0 record and you head into Big 12 play like that, it not only makes the league look better, it makes your profile look better potentially to go to the ACC when you're beating a former member and a current member. Um, just continues to continues to climb. So, I mean, that's I feel like that's a huge, uh, huge month for us this year. I mean, if you get it, it done, is, you're it, good. It is. And, and here's the thing, too, and I think it's going to be a huge month – um, it's a nervous um, month, though, too, in it some is, respects, because especially the Maryland game, man, for me personally, is a nerve-wracking one because of the secondary. Not having that continuity game-wise together, playing against Tagovailoa and some of the Maryland weapons on the outside. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be tough. Um, that game's going to be. I think that game's going to be close. Um, I, I do think we win it. Um, but I do think that game's going to be close. I think it's going to take probably the defense, probably about a about a half to really kind of get used to it, um, just because that's going to be their first real live action together. Um, but no, I mean it's the, you have some the players back there, there, you know. Yeah, and those, we do have, but it's it's continuity. It's it's being together as a group, which I think in football is as important as anything. Um, having that trust when it when the shit starts flying. To know that guy is where he's supposed to be, and until you actually are in the in the action, having to do it, I feel like you can't totally fully have that trust. No matter how many reps you have with somebody in practice, so that'll be important. The yeah, bullets start flying, you know. Yeah, it will be. You know, and we talk about it being an important month for the attack. Um, yeah, very important. Working. I mean, Sam Howe and the boys coming coming in night one. Uh, you know, I think believe it's a Sunday night game, CJ. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think it is because um, you know this this could be a kind of a make or break year for for Justin Fuentes down there. I mean, I, I could really see if they struggle again, he may not survive it. Um, you know, they you know they went five and six last year. You lose at home to Liberty. Um, you know, you I, mean, I think they were a seven and a half point favorite in that game, and you end up losing it. That you know, and I, I the vultures kind of started circling him there and make a bowl. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think he's he, that's going to be a very important month. Get off to a good start for them. Um, I think they're probably going to be one and one coming into Morgantown. You know, they leave one and Friday night game. By the way, Jay. yeah, and how yeah. what Mac Brown's building. That's if I mean perspective of VT. If I'm them. I'm glad I'm getting them the game one because maybe they won't be fully in sync and we can find a way to steal one. But otherwise, 
I don't like my chances if I'm uh, a Virginia Tech fan against North Carolina this year. Yeah, I I, I think he's really going to have to have an eight and four, nine and three type of campaign, um, and hmm. and to really and if you get off to a one and two start with a loss to Morgantown and a loss to Sam Howe in North Carolina, you better beat Richmond the next week before the before the Irish come to town. Yeah, and that's and I and see, and I think the Notre Dame one's going to be the crucial one for them. Um, he gets warm fast if he loses to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. the The cries will get very, very loud in Blacksburg if if they drop that one. Yeah, that turkey call will get real loud, CJ, and somebody, you know, might end up answering it there. Um, and you know what? That Pitt game is big for him too, because I mean, Pitt blew them the off the doors off them last year, forty five seventeen. So. You gotta get revenge there. So I mean, that's interesting, man. VTA football is about when that's going to be that way at this time of day, um, and I think it's a good opportunity to kind of hopefully get out early and establish and let the whole country see, hey, we're for real this year. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, absolutely, um, man. CJ, I, I tell you what, buddy, excited, excited for it to get going, man. I mean, but there's a lot of like you know, this whole episode's been about kind of what's in the future and I think one of the things we'd really like to hit on or at least kind of peek at real quick before we maybe get into it a little bit more because we still got some time this summer NIL I think we should chew on that a little bit and be ready to talk about that next time man because that's a very very interesting uh, situation and how college athletics is going to have to navigate those waters and it's already getting interesting as we have already seen with some of these deals that are coming out yeah, no. I, in I situations really... like, sorry, she didn't really catch up, but I, I mean, I do want to say one thing: the, the Ohio State kid, who's foregoing his senior year of high school because he's the number one prospect and can get paid off his likeness to enroll early at Ohio State. That's insane to me. Yeah, it it it's really yeah, it's completely changed um, kind of the landscape a little bit. Um, I think. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna actually end up playing itself out well. I think I know there's a lot of people out there going, "Well, it's only gonna help the big schools," and I, I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. Um, I think it's gonna help everybody across the board. I think it's gonna help. I think it's gonna help places and universities that have a big brand where they're at. Yeah, coming from right. Yeah, because it's coming all from be local cool. businesses for the most part. Yeah, it, it's a lot of it's going to be regional, um, yeah. regional money, um, but no, and that and that is going to be um, a big thing to look at going forward. And I definitely think that's you know that that's going to be a nice one to you know for us to chew on for for a little bit and then come back and really hit that one strong because I think there's a lot to unpack in all of that. Yeah, I mean, there's wimpies and all the Parmars out there. Um, great, great reads. Um, and uh, the boys, they, they do a heck of a job. You get all the information you need right there. Probably yeah, need one. Yeah. You know, I know I always have one around when I'm uh, talking football with CJ because it's a great reference. Kind of gives you everything you need. So um, excited for great football. There, and then it's a fantastic uh, thing to read too. Is sitting around tailgating, getting ready for kickoff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're at a Marshall game, and you, <laughs> you know, no, you, 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 yeah, it's definitely a good one. I'm I'm not a big reader while I'm tailgating. CJ is what I'm saying. Well, on the drive, up, definitely want to get you to the tailgate. It's it's a it's 
it's a good it's a good read uh, to be ready when you when you show up at the tailgate. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, till next time. Thanks for joining me, CJ, and uh, thanks to all you guys for listening. And uh, take it easy. We'll see you next time. Yes, sir.